a good way to open this. Well, the guy's dead. Well, all right. That's one way to start the show. <laughs> oh, that, that's probably the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to episode 73 of Offbeat Tracks. 73? Yeah. Uh, an age that, nope, don't make that joke. Yep. <laughs> all right. Oh, so, yeah. we. I've had Red Bull on a long day at well, work. <laughs> uh, kudos to us for not burying the lead, I guess. Uh, yeah, David Cassidy died, in case you didn't hear that news. And uh, uh, Danielle wanted to talk about her favorite David Cassidy record this week. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's... Uh, this isn't even your favorite? I don't know if there's such a thing as a favorite David Cassidy record. He had some real shit records. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just... Really, the Partridge Family was kind of shit, but it's fun shit. Yeah. Um, stupid records he I, had uh, in the 70s where he's like trying to be a cool rock and roller. Those are pretty <laughs> shitty. Uh, yeah, buddy. And and then Leif Garrett didn't learn the lesson. It's like, it didn't work for David Cassidy. Okay, it's Garrett, not It's not going to work for you either. Leif Garrett is a god among mortals. Like, I was made for dancing. That is some pop disco royalty. I love that song. I had someone recently leave my house because I was playing it. They didn't want to admit that Leif Garrett was the bomb. And I was like, well, then you don't belong here. Anyway, we are getting off topic. We are. Uh, We're here so, to talk about David Cassidy's eighth studio album, because yeah. that is the kind of shit we do around here. <laughs> it's 1985. Uh, Cassidy's only 80s record. The only album for the entire decade. Very 80s. Very. And it wasn't Very even, 80s. <laughs> it wasn't even released in the U.S., because the record company didn't even care to bother with it because all of his like previous like 70s records did so terribly that they were like, this isn't going to fly. Yeah, Europe only. I got to say, that was a big surprise to me as someone, as someone who has never like greatly uh, perused the catalog of David Cassidy. I was very surprised to see that basically after his first record, everything else did not do well. Yeah, no. Also, he had a pretty turbulent little... Um, personal life with some substance abuse issues that did not help um yeah don't say yeah it did so, not help the situation let's and he just was so stuck in teen idledom that it was hard <laughs> for him to get out of which is why he drank more a very common Vicious story circle um let's do a little bit of background on david cassidy yes, um, um he was born 1950 in manhattan um to jack cassidy and evelyn ward who were I, both in the entertainment industry by the way you don't get this anymore with like families in the entertainment business and people like the Cassidy family. The Cassidy family is incredibly um, interesting. It's a little like the Nelsons, but like Jack Cassidy was just this Broadway guy who was famous. And this was the time when like TV was pretty centered in New York. Broadway personalities weren't really in anything other than Broadway. Some of them would make it into movie musicals, but like Jack Cassidy would just do like guest stuff on like variety shows and people just knew who he was. Yeah, but people still knew who he was. Exactly. Exactly. You don't really get that anymore. Um, anyway, Jack Cassidy. No, we haven't really, I, I, the most recent figure I can think of who was like that was like Tommy Davidson, somebody who's like not particularly on a show, but just yeah. like is on a bunch of other shows. And that's sort of how you know him. You're just like, oh, that's a guy that's on TV. Yeah, that's Jack Cassidy. And it'll be an interesting like Rolodex, like an entertainment Rolodex, like the Jack Cassidy's and Tommy Davidson's of the world. Like yeah. these people who didn't really have a home, they just kind of existed on television. Yeah, Jack Cassidy, um, by the way, is was the I did not realize this until I was show prepping, but it makes a lot of sense with like the persona of the character he would play on Broadway and what he was known for. Um, he was the inspiration for what I think is the best TV written TV character of all time, Ted Baxter. Really? He was the inspiration, and he turned down the role. 
because he didn't want it. But he did make a guest appearance as Ted Baxter's brother on the show. I did not know that. That's yes. hilarious. So that's but I can totally Jack see Cassidy. Jack Cassidy like not wanting to make fun of himself, <laughs> like being yeah. low-key offended by it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, David really wasn't raised by them, though. Um, I kind of read in a few places yeah. that his grandparents raised him in New Jersey, more or less, and... I don't know what kind of relationship he had with uh, with old Jack and Evelyn. Yeah, when, they, they got divorced and they didn't even tell him for two years. <laughs> when uh, David was six, Jack married Shirley Jones, mm-hmm. and uh, they would, of course, form the Partridge family. Um, I could not believe this. Do you know how many albums the Partridge family released? Probably too many. I would, Okay, so I like, obviously I knew what the Partridge family was, even though I never watched it. But I'm thinking, okay, they maybe had... At most four records, right? Because the show wasn't on that long. I'm like, yeah. okay, they could have come up with four. Freaking ten albums. Oh, good ten Lord, Partridge Family records. Are you kidding me? They milked that one, didn't they? <laughs> Who was buying that much Partridge Family? <laughs> I don't know. People really like the Partridge Family. The I baby boomers are truly the worst generation. Our generation never would have allowed ten <laughs> you know, Partridge Family records. No, but it the Partridge Family is fantastic. Let's not besmirch. The 10 records, yes, that's a bit much. The look I'm giving her across this I table right now. I love the part. Did you never watch it when you were a kid? No, nah, not like, my thing. Oh my God, it was so fun. Danny Bonaducci was like my second yeah, ginger. He's, he's a goofball. I love him. Um, So we are here to talk about romance, though. This is, this, to put this in perspective again, this is David Cassidy's eighth studio album and his only record of the 1980s. Yes. Um, I believe... Previous to um, this, he hadn't put out a record since like 1977 or eight, something yeah, like that. Yeah, he when he he got mad at being in the Partridge Family and was like, "I'm gonna be a rock and roll star and do what I want to do," and everyone was like, "Okay, cool, David." Which honestly is kind of impressive because I don't think his first solo record came out until like 1971. So mm-hmm. he had a pretty hefty output in the 70s that, of course, went nowhere except for the first album. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had seven floppers and then still his <laughs> 1985 brother, rolled along and he did it again. His hot brother, Sean, did a lot better than him in the 70s. You think Sean was hotter than David? Oh, my God. Sean, to me, is like one of the hottest men who's ever lived, okay. even now old. He's, I won't um, mess with you then. Sean Cassabay. <laughs> All right. I like it. <laughs> So, uh, Romance is, um, uh, like we said, 1985. Um, this was a new record label for David. Um, this uh, album was produced by a guy named Alan Tarney. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that name before? No. Okay, well, I, w- I decided to go looking oh, through God. Alan Tarney's discography because <laughs> I was like, well, surely this guy had to be picked for a reason, right? So, um, I'm looking through and I'm like, oh, okay, he did some stuff with Leo Sayer and Squeeze oh, and like, yeah, you know, just some kind of, it was like disco and then into like the early eighties British stuff. And I'm like scanning, scanning a lot of Cliff Richard, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, what's this literally just this one in his sea of nothingness. He freaking produced take on me by aha. What? Yeah. So it had to be about the same time he was working on this, too, yeah. which is. Exactly. That's why it's so perplexing. What if he gave that song instead to David Cassidy? Well, he didn't write. He's well, the producer. He okay, he was just producing. Right. right. I don't think he wrote Take On Me. He was the he was the producer. Mm. But isn't that so weird? It is. That just like this guy's <laughs> one, he had this one like mega hit that Leo is like Sayer. a freaking cultural icon still like, right? This, everybody knows this song Everyone still today. It. Like 30 years later, <laughs> but uh, everything else was just total stinkers, including this entire Leo David Cassidy Sayer is no stinker. Okay. Um. But like it wasn't even any of Leo Sayer's hits. It was some, I don't remember what it was, but it was some uh. stinker. Anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah, we, we get to, <laughs> we've, we've talked for eight minutes before we get to the point here <laughs> about romance. Um, 
So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go through let's romance. Let's dive into these really groundbreaking. Oh, songs. chart positions. By the way, I did want to note this album hit number twenty in the UK. It was number twenty-two in Germany and uh, also charted in Australia. Yeah, it actually did really well, which is the weird yeah, part. Yeah, just not in America because it wasn't released here. Yeah, no one. And it would have flopped. Yeah, what if no one would have liked it? So uh, where do you want to start? Title track. Yeah, we'll start title track, which is called Romance, and it's about romance, and it's it about some synth romance it's very weird I, uh, it's like if brian ferry did like some cheesier oh, stuff to brian me it's like Ferry, yeah it's like, you know, like that sex sound oh, of like brian ferry that is like, a brilliant reference okay i don't know uh, it just what's sounds that, like um, that but cheesier kaylee by marillion yeah that song yes it's very yeah, yeah that's, oh it's that's the essence of this song to me it's like kind of like that is i'm blown away by your reference there yes that is a spot-on comparison but slightly cheesier and one thing i love about david cassidy is that man can over dramatize a lyric like he sings so dramatically i think it's probably like his growing up around broadway people that's probably how they taught you how to sing everything (laughs) is just like I don't know. He did it in the Partridge family and he does it here too. Or it's just everything is like loud and raw romance. That's not how he does it. But that's like I'll what be he honest, probably had to do. I kind of went on a journey as I was listening to this record. I had never heard of this record. Didn't had never heard a note yeah. of this until like a week ago when Daniel messaged me about doing an episode on it. And I said, okay, sure. So I start listening to this, right? And romance is the first track. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, man, I just envisioned like my, my vision of, of like the genesis of this song was like <laughs> drunk ass David Cassidy, Correct. like, <laughs> like probably in a hotel room in Florida watching Miami Vice and like, and like all night long by Lionel Richie is like playing on a stereo softly somewhere in the distance. And he's just like with a bottle of Jack Daniel in his hand, like I can do this better. I can do this. I can do this better. And this song was written. I think that's probably how it happened. We're just going to go with that story. You know what? I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's <laughs> quite plausible. I've never heard anything where he talks about this record in particular, but I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. Also worth noting, um, future offbeat track feature, episode feature, Basia uh, is on, oh, yes. on the backing uh-huh. vocals on this song. We're going to do an episode on okay, Basia eventually. Totally but yeah, that. she... Um, this uh, strange little... Po- she was Polish, right? Mm-hmm. I, was, okay. yeah, I believe I had, I had to pause so. myself before I said that. But yeah. Um, bizarre little Polish sophistapop singer Basia does the, does the backing vocals on this track. Not. Would you bang to this song? I would bang to this song. <laughs> uh, it'd have to be like a... I tried like to bang... A, it'd have to be like a sting, like tantric kind of situation, well, like, I think. it's kind of like Because it's a really the, long song and it's really slow. Well, but. it's like when you put on the Brian Ferry and the <laughs> Roxy music. It's that kind of an essence, which, right, by the way, recently I tried to pull that one off. I was like, we should, like, I tried to, like, put on some Roxy music during the time. And I was brutally rebuffed. <laughs> it was, like, working for me. And it was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, god damn it. Fine. <laughs> Romance. She danced into my life one night romance across a crowded room she looks so right and suddenly the whole world just stood still I knew I had to move or I'd blow my chance and make sweet romance the second song on here is really not great touched by lightning yep um it's as cheesy as it sounds there's a lot of cheese on this record i kind of and just assumed like, he did this uh, he wrote this about the first time that he did coke 
<laughs> Girl, yeah. Um, <laughs> this song, oh. like, it feels like it has potential. It just doesn't quite get there. Like, you think it's going to go hard, and you're like, just do this all the way. Just synth pop this all the way. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. This is not the only track that he does that with on this record. Oh, I know. There's so much of that on this record. I don't know if it was him or if it was uh, Mr. Take On Me who screwed (laughs) this up. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, I will will do (laughs) my... He left all the good synth pop for Uh (laughs) AHA. I will do my nerd uh, drum machine thing and point out that uh, there is excellent use of the Lindrum toms on this song. Uh, So that made me pretty happy. This is love. I want more. I'm so fed up with my head hung down. I have to crawl out of this dark old town. Run into you as I drag in my street. The next thing I know is I'm out on my feet. So uh, <laughs> this song was number six in the UK. Yeah, and number it? nine in Ireland, and number ten in Denmark, and number sixty in Australia. The last kiss. The last kiss. You gotta pronounce it like that. The last kiss, with guest breathy vocals from George Michael. Which is so funny, honestly. <laughs> like George Michael was already a massive star and yeah. did not need to do this as a career booster. Maybe he just liked David. Oh, oh, there it is. I didn't even. Uh-huh. George okay. Michael had a thing for David Cassidy. We've, there it is. FBI cracked the case once again. The Forensic Baltimore Institute like strikes as start, again. As soon as you started saying it, we, we were are like, cracking. Oh. We are cracking this album wide open, baby. Um, um, I Yeah, I love this song. It's pretty good. Yeah, like, it like is. It. Also, um, I have a note to point out, but go, go ahead first. Uh, Dave, I would just want to point out that my, my favorite thing about David Cassidy is the way he oversings everything. Um, and the, it is purely on this song it is so much over singing and i'm here for it all the time absolutely Just go for it so um i gotta talk gear again on this because <laughs> this is an excellent use of the uh the casio vibraphone sound and i love that because i'm i'm a real sucker for like toy synth noises like if mm. you want to blow thousands of dollars on a synthesizer fine but if you can find a really creative way to use cheap synthesizers i love that and he did look i I'm, i brought this out as a prop this is mine. I bought this at a Goodwill in Bowling Green, Kentucky years ago for a dollar. It's a Casio <laughs> PT-100. It doesn't even have um, like a headphone jack or an aux port, so I'm literally going to have to hold it up to the microphone to okay. do this. But I wanted to point out, this he uses, this is the vibraphone from this that he uses in this song. So hold on, I'm going to play this. Ah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is, that is a very cool thing. Yeah, I do like the cheap little Casio noises on things. Yeah, Falco I, had a song like that that is like literally a track yeah. from a Casio thing. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Like I used to play with that when I was a kid. <laughs> if this is the last kiss If this is the last touch If this is the last time I can ever be holding you If this is the last This is my vote for cheesiest song on the album. Oh, 100%. Thin Ice. <laughs> this is like 80s like film noir throwback. Like I just imagine him like 
black and white, like smoking a cigarette on a dock somewhere in a trench coat. Like <laughs> to me, it sounds like a parody of an '80s song, <laughs> except it was an actual '80s song. Like it sounds like if someone's doing a parody of an '80s song and like it's like some his TV wife threw show him out because they don't want to pay for the real song, but they get like a parody, like Thirty Rock style. This is what they would do. <laughs> some right. hilarious versions of that, except not '80s music, is if you watch Queer as Folk on Netflix because they didn't license any of the music. So like, there's a there's a really famous scene in the first season of Queer folk where they use um a new club version of let's hear it for the boy Mm. but they couldn't get it for the show (laughs) so like the big dramatic moment is happening and like the song is like the real boy wonder is here (laughs) you're just like that's not the right song (laughs) anyway that's what thin ice is yes literally thin ice is like replacement music (laughs) um yeah that's there's there's really not much more to say about (laughs) it it's um yeah it's it's it exists So this one actually did get released as a single, but it did not chart. It fell flat on its face. It is called Someone. Someone. Um, again, a little Christmassy, kind of like last week with the Strawberry Switchblade thing. Like, <laughs> okay. I hear like, but it's more of like a shaker, like Christmas jingle bells kind of thing happening. It's, uh, it's to me, it's just so cheesy that I can't. Like, I don't. David Cassie wrote most of these songs with Mister Aha, producer, <laughs> Mr. Um, Aha. and I don't know, like. They're just so cheesy. The lyrics are so cheesy and cliche that it's ridiculous. Like, I just can't take it seriously. And this is one of those songs, I think I remember, like, this is uh, where he's not over-singing, but he's, like, over-breathing. Like, he'll, like, do this whisper that somehow tends to be, it's still over-dramatic, even though he's, like, whisper-singing, and I think it's hilarious. Just also worth noting about this from a music standpoint, um... This this the the drums on this song they kind of start with this march time thing which always sort of stresses me out in pop music <laughs> where you're hitting a snare on every beat mm. um, and I was just like when the song started when I when I gave my first listen to this I was like oh crap this is like this march time thing and I, I just have the hardest time with that but then like halfway through the song it it transitions away from that and mm-hmm. goes to a more traditional rock where you're only getting the snare on the five and the thirteen I don't, it's just very interesting. Very, very interesting. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard a song do that before. I don't know. It just it was hmm. worth noting. I'm going to pay attention to that next time. So you get to the letter, which is one of those dumb she left me in a letter songs or whatever. Um, but it's not the box top. The box tops the letter. It's not. When I saw this coming up, like on the track, I thought, "Oh, sweet Jesus, please let this be a cover of the box <laughs> no, tops." Me too. Because like <laughs> I was so. Well, and then like, like even when it started, I was like, "Yes, yes, it's gonna be the box yeah. tops." And then it wasn't. No, but it's like this. It's about the same thing. Um, it's the unlicensed version of the letter. 
Um, yeah, no, I thought it was going to be like that because, like, you know, Sean Cassidy would always do those covers and they were all dumb. And I was hoping that he was pulling a Sean Cassidy, but he was not. Um, I kind of don't. This is cheesy and dumb, of course, and it's forgettable. But I kind of liked the background of the song because he's serving up some like 1985 Glenn Fry realness. Okay. Whether you like it or not. Like, it sounds like one of those dumb songs that a lot of people don't like from Glenn Fry, but were hits. <laughs> And like you good. belong to the city. You belong to God. That's a great song. I love Glenn Fry. <laughs> we miss you. And the, the Eagles will never be good without you. Then, well, you could have left off without you. But go yeah, on. That's, very, that's another day. <laughs> yeah, no, it just reminds me of it's like 1985 Glenn Fry realness, and I liked it. So I think this was actually bad. my favorite song on this record. It was yeah, either this yeah. one or Romance, but I, yeah, I, I really liked the song. I think Romance is very good. Sunday morning. All right, so we got to talk about this little weirdo, uh-huh. Heart of Emotion. <laughs> this song, I'm going to say, was a bit ahead of its time. This, I'll to me, I think it sounds like a late 90s pop song. It does. It sounds probably like one reason why I don't love it so much. It sounds like something like really early Pussycat Dolls or like Atomic Kitten or something like that. It just sounds like a song they would have done. Yeah. I heard those uh, drums and I was just like, wait, is this remastered? Like what year? I don't know. You just don't hear 80s music, I think, with those particular drum sounds yeah, it's very I interesting i feel like it doesn't really belong with the sound on this album i think this is kind of when the album kind of yeah, like goes off into this offshoot where it doesn't really sound like the rest of it which is fine um cheesy lyrics again it's so cheesy these lyrics every it, you just I look mean, at the title I think that's a blanket heart for the whole and room. emotion <laughs> heart of emotion is just what does that even mean anyway but go on with it Waiting for this moment in a way that you could never understand. I wanna stay, stay with you forever. I hope this night will go on and never end. This will never end. All right, now we're at the most <laughs> the most forgettable song on the record. Yeah. Tenderly. I don't even know what to say about Tenderly. It's so forgettable. I, I, couldn't I think even I tell already you. forgot what it sounds like. Yeah, same. I just wrote WTF cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Which. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's incredibly forgettable. Yeah. Let's just roll the clip and move on. Let's forget about it. This is the biggest hit on the album. It is. Which is so fucking weird. Um, she knows all about the boys. I feel like this is kind of your theme song. I, I kind of love it. Right? 
I knew I knew right away. Like I can usually tell when we talk about the song. Like I know which ones Danielle is generally gonna love and which ones she's gonna hate or which ones she's gonna like super queen out over. And I knew I had like I had a little star next to this one. Like, like this. I don't think I'm gonna like super queen out over it. But I, I was like, like I bet it. this is on Danielle's getting ready to go out playlist. Mm. Uh, I don't know what's on that playlist. Uh, but mine, mine only has one song and it's, it's the Burn Sisters band. Uh, I wonder who's out tonight. <laughs> I just one. listen to that on I repeat need to until come, I'm ready. That's what I need to do. I need to have a before I go out playlist, but like, it's usually a good thing wear, to have, but mine just has one song. I on usually it. wear like pajamas to the bar. So I don't really, <laughs> like I walked in wearing jeans a few weeks ago and someone there was like, <laughs> what's the occasion? Like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, you own jeans. And I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, sorry. I'm comfortable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently this was, I don't know what pan-European number one means. I don't know if that's like, I read that in the thing. Is that like a special distinction or was it saying it was number one everywhere? Pan-European? That was what it, pan-European number one was the... Uh, Yeah, I think that means it was number one in multiple European countries. I've just never seen that distinction for any other song. So I just wonder (laughs) if, yeah, I don't know, apparently... Yeah, I don't think I have either. Yeah, but I saw it on multiple different places. So I was like, is pan-European some old chart? <laughs> oh, maybe? They, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I would just think. I, yeah, you know. I did not see any chart info for this one. Um, I, I never could see like where it was on the individual countries list. It just said pan-European number interesting. one. Interesting. Which makes me think yeah. that maybe it wasn't number one anywhere and someone made it up. <laughs> I don't know. It was had to be number one somewhere. It's a good song. Yeah, no, it's a good little pop song. It's got some unnecessary guitar. I don't really think it needs it, but it's there. Uh, but yeah, it's fun and cute, and David sings over the top on it. It's very good for everyone. Just a lonely boy looking for love. He puts his heart on the line more than he ought He'll get your eye to give him what he's after. He don't know it, but he's headed for disaster. She knows all about boys and love. Boys can't be that girl, no, no, no. She knows all about So finally, we close with <laughs> Remember Me. Remember Me. Because he whispers the entire fucking song, but still somehow makes it dramatic when he's whispering. He's I whisper gotta, singing. I gotta say, though, uh, considering that he just passed in the last week, I thought this was a little bit on the nose to end the yeah. album with, didn't you? Yeah. And it, it, it's weird. It, it, it hit me in a weird way. And I know usually like Aww. we like to be sympathetic and goofy on this show, but it was a little strange. Like, you know, I've been listening to this record and then just remembering this this dude just passed away and then... Here's yeah. this remember me. It was like, oh, we remember you. <laughs> yes, we remember you, David. Yeah, no, it's a it's a sweet little ballad. It's a very sweet little song. He's feel like the producer told him, like, don't sing it crazy. So he's like, ah. <laughs> he's like whispering, but it still manages to be like a dramatic whisper. God, I love that about him. No one sings like that anymore. Like truly like from the diaphragm, just like <laughs> over dramatic. It's like some old Broadway shit. Broadway people don't even sing like I that think, anymore. I think Gaga sings like that. Oh, she does sometimes. I think she's I the only know. one though. It doesn't feel the same way. It doesn't feel like she's trying to sing that way. It just feels like her voice. Like David Cassidy, I feel like he's singing that way on That's purpose. true. Gaga sings very effortlessly. Yeah, like she's that's just David, her you know singing. he's trying, yeah. David is going for it. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, no, it's a sweet little song, and it's like cute and breathy and a little sad now.
I know I said right at the top of this show that um, I felt like this album kind of took me on a bit of a journey. Uh-oh. And, um, you know, when it started with romance and whatnot, I was like, well, this is this is going to be cheesy and goofball. And I was like laughing and making notes and whatnot. <laughs> but then when I stopped back and I, I like actually reflected on this album as a as a work, as a piece, mm-hmm. I think that he he and Mr. Mr. Take on me, because I guess that's mm-hmm. what we're calling him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name. Alan, whatever. Tarney. Tarney. There you go. Tark non me. Um, no. <laughs> no, you tried. Yeah. Well. Gold star. You tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think that they actually did manage to touch on different little pockets of what it's like to be in a very serious romantic relationship because a lot of, you know, a lot of people write about flingy type romance and flirting and whatnot, but this is about like serious, deep, like love, Yeah, which it's kind of odd because that to me makes the title a bit of a misnomer because when I think of romance, I think of flitty, flirty, you know, off and on kind of thing. But this, he's like, he's actually kind of singing about like love and like yeah. real relationships. Yeah. And, and I, I think they did a, like a pretty decent job with it. There are ups and downs in them and that's all in this album. There's... Despite the limitations of his voice and like the production and whatnot, like I think the, the core of the songs... It um, really I, is. I think as a like, body of work, I think it, it stands up. It it's works. a very sweet album. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very sweet. And it's like the first time I ever heard any of this stuff, like this kind of phantom 80s album from David Cassidy. I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what this is going to sound like. And it's not really what I thought it would. I, I, the exactly I the same here. Yeah. I, did, I had no expectations going into this. I did not know what to expect. But um, it wasn't whatever I had, whatever expectation I had built up in my head. It wasn't this. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised, I think. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for uh, adding this album to my to my repertoire now, because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Yeah, and it's timely, too. So I it love is. talking about any Cassidy. Hopefully I don't have to do it for a very long time, Sean. That's right. Stay with the me. The rest of you do your push-ups. Stay with me and leave your wife. And I'm stay away here. from the Jack Daniels. Yes. All right, so tweet us and tell us which dead pop stars you'd like us to talk about next. <laughs> we, I love so many of them. You can reach uh, us uh, on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. And we are on Twitter, at offbeattracks. Yeah, drop us a line. Tell us what you think and what you're up to. And uh, and who your Cassabay is. Yeah, who's your Cassabay and uh, which album or which track on this album would you most like to bang them to? Yes. I think that we would like that as a supplemental answer. Yes, that's very good. So until next week, when we're going to talk about uh, something that, well, we've talked about something that has recently passed next week we're going to talk about something that has unexpectedly come back from the dead oh i thought you were going to tell me like Mm, somebody died i was like when did that happen so stay tuned for that (laughs) we'll see you next week okay